one. Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, five and a half feet of fury and rage, Mick. And let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Central Victoria's leading mathematician and grandpa shirt wearer, Ross. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Good to see you all again. Uh, Hello, man. Uh, yeah, good to see you. Our resident guru and Bluetooth headphone expert. Welcome, Alex. Hi, guys. Ross, that's a very, very deep uh, V-neck. No, it's a crew neck, actually. It's a grandpa. Oh, it's got the three, yeah, it's, it's a deep, I'm actually channeling. If you look closely, yes. you can see Ben Cousins in there somewhere. That's <laughs> what I'm channeling. You've got such such life. Is, yeah, and also a bit of TK Lily about that uh, button down there, mate. Uh, Coming it off the long run. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Yeah. Lastly and not leastly, the boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Uh, hello. Caught me while I was mid-swig. That's a, <laughs> a wonderful-looking um, shirt you've got on, Ross. It's it's see-through. It's it's got everything. Kira Knightley in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit that. Got the baggy it's, arms. And she went white. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Like I reckon I wore it once and it just went all floppy. It looks too big. Yeah. Anyway, I guess you could say that to all my girls. Uh, and on that note, so welcome one and all to the uh, Frederick Harris yes. Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. <laughs> all right, so we're going to start off with some cricket news as we tend to do. So um, first off, we're going to start off with some news that is a little bit close to my heart. And that is the news that my man Brad Hodge is in the running to be the next coach of the Victorian men's cricket team. So, as that would suggest, Victoria is currently searching for a head coach and is hoping to make an announcement of an appointment at their AGM, which is on August 31st. So, the role could begin in September, but may be delayed due to um, a bit of clarity needed from Cricket Australia in terms of when the Shield season is going to start. Because, obviously, um, the Shield campaign is probably going to be a little bit closer to Christmas or even New Year's because of COVID and everything that's going on at the moment. Um, so this coaching role in its current setup could only be a four or five month contract. So the Vicks are keen to save a bit of money as well because of the belt tightening that all of Australian cricket's going through because of COVID. So, um, yeah, so apparently Cam White has expressed interest in the role if it's a short-term contract. Um, so apparently for some reason, if it's a long-term contract, he's not interested. So that probably, <laughs> from my point of view, that means you're out of the running full stop because you don't want to hang around. So... On your bike, Cameron. Uh, the Vicks, um, <laughs> yeah. So the Vicks would then look to look to obviously at the end of the season. Once that contract's up, they'll look into a long-term um, candidate for the following season. So, as well as Hodgie, uh, Mock Klinger, the current Renegades coach and podcast favourite, Chris Rogers, have also showed some interest in the coaching position. Um, one man, yes, Ross. Oh yeah, I just think that's interesting that. Um, Surely they want a bit of continuity, even if um, this person... Well, why would they go for just a um, short-term contract? I know it's COVID and that, and they don't know when they're going to start, but um, couldn't they sign them up for three years and say, look, you start when the when the season kicks off? Yeah, I don't know. I, think then, I reckon part weird. of it, I reckon it's going to be a low-ball offer with the short contract, mm. and then once COVID's gone away and Cricket Australia start getting some money back, then they might actually look at investing a bit more money in... The uh, longer-term person—that's what I personally think. Because well, oh, you know, it's you know, with yeah. the um, 
you know, can't have crowds at Shield games anymore, so they're not going to yeah, make so, their money. Oh, there's going to be no money. Well, look at that. Know, bloke that's 10,000 people card. <laughs> yeah, the Metcard. They got him in for free. Well, they're not yeah. getting their kickback from Metcard, are they? That's so, it. Well, yeah, but Metcard's Very niche. You can't get on a tram yeah. without yeah. being in a you glass You can't box. buy a Metcard anymore. That's how bad oh. they're going. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, one person who actually had put their hand up for the job and has since, has since um, taken his name out of consideration. Can I guess who it is? You can guess, Alex. <laughs> Dean Jones? No, but ah. he, he, that, that actually is true as well, but this isn't the person I'm talking about. He's a former Victorian quick. I'm pretty sure he's a former Victorian captain off the top of my head, and he's the oh, current Sri Lankan DC. assistant coach. DC. Mr. DC. No, DS, Mr. David Saker. Oh, the so, goatee. Yeah. So he, was up for the, he was up for the Victorian and the South Australian roles and has withdrawn his name from the both lists of candidates. So he's going to be sticking Jeez. with Vicky Arthur in the Sri Lankan setup. Um, He'd never be offended by a pilot, would he? Pull nah, that? never. <laughs> but loves him. Offended when there's not one. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of South Australia, before we quickly... We'll give everyone a chance at the end of this to have a bit more of a chat about this. But speaking of South Australia, they're obviously also on the uh, search for a coach at the moment as well. And they've recently informed former Australian captain John Buchanan that his application has been denied and he will <laughs> not be getting the job. What? Which is extremely interesting because he applied for the job at the request of the South Australian yes. cricket boss, Tim <laughs> Nielsen. So Tim right. Nielsen went to John Buchanan, said, what South Australian cricket needs is a good old-fashioned dose of no charisma. So he brought him in. <laughs> And then they've said, no, no, you can't have a job anyway on your bike. So, so that's weird. So at the moment, um, front, the off. front runner for that one is Dizzy, which is unsurprising yeah. because he's highly regarded in a, a, at county cricket level. And there's, you know, there's been suggestions of him in around the Australian setup and all that type of stuff. Mm. So I dare say if it's, it's his job to lose, I think, when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, I didn't realise Dizzy was yeah. in the running. It might have been sort of like we need some people in to get mm. more than one person to make it look like we've done due process sort of shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. for Buchanan maybe. But it's interesting. He'd be fucking like 70. How old would Buchanan be? Yeah. be at least in 60s. Yeah. 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 He must have shit the bed in the interview. Fucking hell. <laughs> probably probably <laughs> literally shit his pants. He's 70. Yeah. probably doesn't have ability over his bowels anymore. Is that old? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was the incontinence issues that ruled him out. Yeah. He's, he's 67. Okay. That's go. fucking too old. It's too old. <laughs> it is. 67. <laughs> Fucking like, go just retire. Yeah. Go, to, <laughs> go to Port Period. Just have a fucking lovely, lovely existence on the beach. What do you ever do to you to get that fucking bad? Go to, fucking, or even worse, go to Port Lincoln. It's great down there. Port yeah. Lincoln. I can't right. believe in the 130 episodes, this is the first time we've killed a man off. We've just said, nah, <laughs> uh, not, he's not offering anything to society. See you later, John. Yeah, co- COVID uh, style. Yeah. Jesus. Sure there's going to be some deaths in cricket. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was worried about you, Mick, when the news broke of Brad Hodge um, becoming Victorian coach. I thought you might have passed out from all the blood rushing south as opposed to going to your brain. It's, um, you would have firmed up pretty nicely in the cargo shorts, I imagine, mate. Yeah, it was, it's, pretty, it's a pretty exciting uh, proposition, I'll have to admit. The yeah. disappointing thing probably is going to be that like, as soon as Hodge gets in the system, it's obviously going to see the end of Justin Langer at Australian level. Cause yeah, Hodge definitely. Just, oh, that'll be shattering for Grab a rocket to him and he'll be fucking taking over the world, Hodgie. So, so poor old JL will just have to go back to uh, 
I don't know, somewhere in WA and teach karate on the side or something like that. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's Hodgie's long game? Because he got shafted by the test team, he's going to become coach and then pick himself? Yeah, he's going to be captain coach. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's, uh, I would not put that past Hodgie at all. But um, yeah, some interesting can- there's some interesting candidates there, like Maxi Kling has obviously got the renegade job. They didn't, do, shit at it, they didn't do all that well, so it probably doesn't help him in that um, case. Shit. Chris Rogers is an interesting one because he's, I know, I think from memory, he's, he's done a little bit of part-time stuff around the Australian shit. system, but he hasn't yep. really been in, he's been more administrative from what I understand in terms oh, of his and some so broadcasting and that. But yeah, Nick, so. he's, he's done a bit, I think, part-time with like the Australian under-19s and stuff, oh, Ryan Harris okay. from memory. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, interesting one there with Dizzy because he's still coaching over in the UK. I think he's at Sussex now. He was at Yorkshire for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I just wonder if he's going to continue to do that role, maybe do six months in the UK and six months in Australia. Who's going to run the triathlons in July? Yeah, who's going to do the time trials? That's right. Who's going to do the... um, you know, the, the um, weight sessions and the, um, <laughs> the footy game on Adelaide Oval. Yeah, picked up games of basketball out <laughs> yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to run that? Yeah. Well, there's about mm, 50 coaches in the setup now. So one uh, maybe them. Tim Nielsen would probably just let Harry do it. He'd just go, yeah, maybe we can all trust Harry to do it. <laughs> Harry Nielsen can do it. It was Tim Nielsen who asked John Buchanan to apply for the job. That's insane. Mm. That like, And then look him mm. over. Mm. So another little it's weird It's very, thing. very... It's, it's very interesting. It's a very sacker thing to do, I think. Yeah. Would they uh, have they've got to, but but they've applied they're gonna appoint someone from within, which is perhaps their biggest mistake. They keep <clears> doing I, it. What was the recommendations think, from Hussey? Because he went right through the sacker, apparently. And had right. recommendations on how they should structure things, but it, it was more based on like the um grade cricket underneath. Yeah. Um, no. but I'm pretty well, sure it was sort of creating a centre of excellence and not, you know, just being sack of cricket, I thought it was about bringing new people. I in. actually read that entire report, Ken, but it's interesting you Did bring you? it up. So, yeah, so I read it, and on page, um, I think it was on page 157, about uh. three quarters of the way down, he gave his suggestions <laughs> for the best way to approach the coaching structure in the yep. South Australian yep. cricket. And he was of mm-hmm. the belief that you go out and you find the best candidate possible for every time that's had international coaching experience, yep. bring them in. And they're not given the job, and then just oh. grab someone else to oh. give it to them. So oh. they are following his recommendations. In mm. fairness to the sacker, so yeah. Well, hey, you you, you know you spend money on getting right. a consultant in to have like yeah. a what's it called a balcony view of things, yeah. um, and you know you, you'd be mad not to take their advice. In no, you're not on the dance floor. Get off the dance yeah. floor. Yeah, exactly. One um one interesting. You may as well not the... pay them if you're not going to take their advice. <laughs> yes. One interesting thing out of the Victorian setup is that um. The selection, there's a three-man selection committee. There was one person, I've forgotten who their name was and didn't write it down. The other one's a Sean DeGraff, which is the cricket boss at Cricket Victoria. But the third one, which is a little bit surprising, a little bit park cricket about it, is Peter Hanscom, who is the current Victorian captain. So he's on, the, he's on the selection committee to pick a new coach. So that's very interesting, I thought. That's got, that's got West Island over Roosters written fucking all over it. Oh, oh yeah. It does. Mm. Bit of the... Uh... Yeah. Uh, what's it called? In, inpatients running the asylum. Inmates mm. running the asylum. Yeah, sort of yeah. Usually inmates. Mm. Inmates. That's it. Yeah. Well, there's inpatients in asylums too. So I think I'm right and technically correct. So. Um, what a saying, but Alex. <laughs> no. Uh, hey. 
Let's move orderlies in an asylum too. If you don't say the orderlies are running the asylum, well, they usually are. (laughs) He's better with his hammer. All right, from there, from that lovely chat about who's going to coach Shield Cricket and who's going to fucking. The reality is, we all know when it's all said and done to Shield Cricket, it's Victoria and everyone else making up the numbers. So hopefully, Disney can help South Australia make up the numbers. So good on him. Um, so from there, we jump across to a little bit more about Australian cricket. So it's, we touched on this um, on a previous episode that there's an upcoming Australian tour of the UK. Well, I've got a few more details on that came out today. So um, the te- so in terms of formats, venues and the squad has been now reduced from the 25 down to 21. So those four blokes got fucked off. I don't even know who they are, but they all got fucked off. So, Chris Gray is... I think... Sorry, Mick. I think I'll just jump in there. I think um, there's Mike Valletta. He's not going <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and we've got Tim Zura. He's, he's not available. And they also said... Um, Zoe Goss, she's not going anymore as well. What? And Yeah, I know. And um, Mark Ridgway, if you remember him from Tassie, he's not going. He said, no, I can't do it. Oh, they said... Cricket bats now, I think. He's... Richard Cheekley going yeah, on. No, no. Uh, the brother's Cheekley. Yeah, no, he's not going. Yeah, he said no. He said no. All i got to work in Mum's Tim Sim Factory. I can't do it. Yeah, let's get the train back on the track for a second. So, our Chinese part Samoan, according to Shane Lee, had the body of a Samoan and the dick of a Chinese man. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. That's a direct quote from Shane Lee. Okay? You want to hear that joke originally? Listen to the Batuta Advocate. Um, yeah, all right. So, so, you, can, you can say it as long very as you good, quote it. That's Batuta That's Advocate it... by Shane Lee. So listening, yes. Batuta Advocate, Shane Lee, very funny man. Batuta Advocate, great podcast. Go and listen yeah, to him. Do some favour. Yes. Very good uh, hosting there, Mick. So Cricket Australia has received government exemptions for the squad to travel to the UK, which they'll do later this week, uh, for a six-game tour, which we played under strict biosecurity arrangements. Unless you're Joffre Archer, then the arrangements doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so definitely. after four warm-up games in Derby, the Aussies will play three T20s <laughs> at the Rose Bowl in Southampton before they play three ODIs at Old Trafford in Manchester. So both these venues have hotels on site, which will help them with their gilded COVID bubble. So that'll yeah. be good for them. Yes, no, Ross. Yeah, sorry, Mick. I'm just wondering, um, do you know how many practice matches or tour matches Australia played during the uh, Ashes Tour uh, 2019 of England? I look it up. I don't know. That's what Google's for, Ross. I think you know the answer, don't you, Ross? The answer is three. And one was against themselves at Southampton. And yet they're going over. That was a five-test series. Possibly the most important, we keep getting told, the most important thing in world cricket, the Ashes. And they only managed to squeeze in three tour matches. Yet we're going to play six meaningless white ball games. And yes, they haven't picked up a cricket bat in anger for six months, but who gives a fuck? It's yes. six games. It's three T20s and three ODIs. And yet they're going to play four, four tour matches yep. before six games of cricket. That is absurd. That's like having an AFL season of six matches and playing four practice matches before it. <laughs> That's the same number. <laughs> yep, good. Dumbest thing I have heard this year. And I've heard yeah, a lot so of dumb stuff. I, so I can explain dumb? to Ross why they're doing uh, these tour matches. I don't care what the reason is. It's dumb. Because <laughs> there's the three ODIs. No, one. Ross. Ross. Oh. Just fine. <laughs> three ODIs are part of the Super League. And you've got to be fucking prepared for the Super League. 
because all the points down. So you got to be prepared. <laughs> True, Mick. There's one thing that's sacrosanct in the in the Super League, and that is no dead rubbers. No, no dead rubbers dead is rubber. sacrosanct in the Super League. No such thing. Is it? Ask me how to spell dead rubber. I don't know. Maybe there's a D in there. I'm not sure. Silent okay? D, maybe. Right. You know, Silent, Silent D. D. Yeah. D at the G-H. first letter. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't yeah, I don't know. Because there's no such thing. They don't exist anymore. There's no dead rubbers. There's always ten points up for grabs. That's what's the beauty of the Super League, Mick. Yes, Dave. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you, Mick considering yes. you're the most coherent one on this chat at the minute. Um, <laughs> can you explain to me why uh, Zimbabwe couldn't come here in August, but we can go to England in September? I think it's a, I wonder if it's a money thing or whether, you know, whether we don't have a stricter biosecurity in Australia being, you know, just a massive island of weird native flora and fauna. You would think that we wouldn't bother with biosecurity, I but... Think- so I think what happened was, is that Cricket Australia had um, everything planned out and then they um, basically gave the security of the bubble to a private security firm based out of Victoria. The whole thing just fell to fucking It burst, if, it, if you will. I think Henry Alonga wasn't coming, so they cancelled the whole thing. The Aussie said, if he ain't coming, we don't want him. Yeah, oh, David, you raise a very good point because they were going to have Ross. play their games in Darwin. I don't think there's been a COVID case in the Northern Territory for three months. So. Yeah. Nearly as long as uh, New Zealand. Zealand. Mm. Mm. It's a oh, worrying yeah, trend, no COVID cases in mm. the Northern Territory. Oh, I, I worry that that cancelled Zimbabwe se- series. What's it going to do to this ODI Super League? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. There's not 10 question. points up for grab if you cancel uh, the series, is When it? are we going to be able to reschedule? Sorry, well, uh, I, I, a fixture until you just don't play anything, and then it's not credit at all. Oh, I imagine Australia play. won't make the World Cup now because we've missed out on you know the probable twenty points right there. Thirty, thirty. Oh, thirty was it the three 30. match, was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Then, how many warm up matches did uh, Zimbabwe need? Seven. Three. Seven Wombat matches for a three only against every state, even those <laughs> teams. Northern yeah. Territory eleven. Also Northern played against Papua New Guinea as well. Yeah. We just got them PNG down. Eleven. And they're going to play against Alice Springs eleven. Then they're going to play the Darwin eleven. <laughs> right, Nick, have what's a... happening with in England? Alrighty, so um, Big so the twenty the twenty one people that are going to fill this gilded bubble are. Our show favourite and captain of the ODIs and the T20s, Mr. Aaron Finch. He'll be accompanied by Sean Abbott, Aston Agar, Alex Carey, Pat Cummings, Josh Hazelwood, Marnus, Lubbershane, Nathan Lyon, Mitch Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Riley Meredith and Josh Philippe and Daniel Sams. They're all notable because if they do get picked, they would make him the international debut. Let me finish first, Ross. Kane Richardson, Stephen Smith, because Marnus needs someone to talk to, Mitch Stark, Marcus Stoinis, Andrew Sutton-Tyne, Matty Wade, so there's two keepers in the squad, or actually three, because Philip is a keeper as well, David Warner, and lastly, and most definitely, 100,000% leastly, Adam fucking Zampa. So that is our squad. Yes, Ross. I, I disagree with that last and leastly Zamp because you named Ashton Agar as well. So, <laughs> mm. There's four spinners in that squad. I, I, I did 
I was going to wait till you finish, but I didn't realize the squad was so huge because going <laughs> over for those whole 10 games, four of which are meaningless, you would need to have two 11s, basically, <laughs> wouldn't you? Otherwise, you just get injured. Imagine they, everyone gets injured after the fourth warm-up match. Oh, we're out of fast bowlers. Fly someone over. because they're in a bubble, kid. Don't you get it? They're in a bubble. Quarantine. Can't do a quad in the bubble, can you? No. Four no. spinners in that squad, Mick. There's Agar, uh, Zampa, Maxwell. Well, if you're counting Agar, yes. Agar, you yeah. <laughs> you count Zampa? Yeah, okay. Zampa, Daniel Sams, uh, Gain Maxwell. Yes, Max there's a few in there. <laughs> and three Where's keepers. Where's Faulkner? Is Faulkner um, there's three keepers. Yeah, there's definitely three keepers. And... <laughs> Where is Faulkner? Good question. He's not going to bowl anymore. He announced he's gotten too old to bowl, apparently. So now he's just he's a batsman. Oh, no. He doesn't have he's number eight. Wrong he's, he's a club cricketer. He's a specialist number eight. Yeah. Oh, no, I have Wadey once, he, um, once they heard very interesting. Once Wadey heard Siddle had gone to Tasmania, he knew they had their quota of 130k blokes. So Wadey decided <laughs> to keep that. Yeah. Sorry, Ross Mick interrupted you from cutting him off. Then that's <laughs> it. You go. Yeah, exactly. Go I thought on, I was very restrained. I, <laughs> which was good for the overall um, setup of the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering. Um, it's a curious question. Obviously, they're probably one of those. Um, I think they have to play with themselves in those four games Ooh, because they? they're in the Jesus. bubble. No, yeah. Moises isn't personal. there, mate, so there'll be no one Jeez. playing with oh, themselves. Okay. So yeah, I've been doing nice. that a lot in my bubble. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> so I'm just wondering, it's obviously for some reason they're taking 21. Yeah. Uh, so then where are they going to put the chair in the field when they're playing, you know, Probables versus possibles, 11 versus 11, because yeah. there's only 11 versus It's always bat pad, in it? It's always Green v, green v gold. Yeah. Yeah. Short yeah. mid-wicket. Short Does mid the chair have to quarantine for 14 days? That's a question. Yeah, yeah. That's a question Dip, you Dipped ask. in acid, then... Um... <laughs> acid? Maybe just yeah. sanitizer. No, no, no. Acid first, then sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, so, so apparently... So this um, selection of games will be going from... I had it written down. Where to go? There it is. Uh, so they'll be kicking off on September the 6th. This isn't including the warm-up games. This is the actual proper games. Oh, yeah. So they'll kick off on September the 6th, and the last game will be on September the 16th. From there, the members of the squad that have IPL contracts will be going directly to India. And the others... UAE, I think. Nick. Oh, UAE, sorry, wherever the IPL is being held. The others will be coming back to Australia where they will have to undergo a two-week quarantine before hopefully the Shield kicks off. So, yes, Alex. I think I've worked out why there's four practice matches. They would presumably need to be in quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So what no. else are they going to do? No? no, they don't. No, they oh, don't. Cause they're because they're going into a bubble, so it doesn't matter. Oh, no, because there's no quarantine period for Australians entering the UK because Australia what? has such low numbers. No, Shane Warne, he just went straight in. Yeah, that's oh. true. Is so that why he's ago. over there ruining my fucking? As a Victorian, cricket you watching? can't go to Queensland, but you can go to the UK. Mm. Legal. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about doing any dodgies or being warning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you go there on holiday no. if you wanted a death wish? But I wouldn't go to the UK, but you know, if you want to, you can. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm asking. If you wanted to go for a holiday to the UK now, could you? Yes. Fuck. That's just stupid to me. I heard. I imagine it's not the other way, but it's still stupid. I no. Think. Yeah. 
Yeah. So people were going on their own. No, I can't talk about this topic. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had um, I had okay. Finch, I had Finchy had COVID. But there's so much red wine. You see, some COVID got drunk and fell out, so he's all right. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think it was the Durries that killed the COVID. <laughs> Durry's 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 COVID. <laughs> so bull's safe then. That's all right. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all I need. That's why I'm COVID free. <laughs> it's the Portuguese Actually, food there for me. It's the Portuguese food that does it. They don't like that's the peri <laughs> No, they, don't like, they don't like light and taggy or whatever the really low Nando's flavor is. <laughs> shit house. That's what it herb. Is. Yeah. Um, oh, so Take from there, we'll move into a little, we'll move from Australians through in the UK. Mm. Currently, what's going on in the UK, and that is the Pakistan and English series. A little funny story to come out of that was um, in the first <laughs> test is the Stuart Broad. Um, received a fine out of the yes. uh, out of the first test for giving. Um, he received fifteen percent match of his match fee. He got fined, mm. which is about two hundred <clears throat> grand, um, for mm. using inappropriate language after the dismissal of Yashir Shah. Um, we don't mm. have audio of it, but I imagine some of the lines of "Get the fuck off my field, cunt" or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. So the interesting thing about all of this is the match referee was none other than. Chris Broad, who is Big Stu's dad. So Big yeah. Stu's dad. And this was you. the actual Chris Broad, not the Chris Broad who Stuart Broad, but Warney and other commentators call him Chris Broad for some fucking stupid reason. Have you ever just the dumbest thing ever? Like Stuart Broad mm. will bowl, and then Warney and a couple of other commentators will yeah, just refer to him as Chris Broad. Really? Yeah. That'll get yes. King going. Look at him. What he hates commentators. Oh, fucking! He just wants to watch cricket in silence. I do, or just listen to the be tunes. That's what yeah, I want. Tunes. Be tunes and watching cricket happen in front of me. And well, can I, I, I tell you why this has happened and never happened before? Mm-hmm. Because of COVID, the umpires are all English and the match yes. referees are all English. Whereas normally mm. the host country cannot have match referees or I think not match referees. You know, um, umpires obviously. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling match referees sure. reason that are okay. <clears throat> Spoonie and that do it in Australia and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because they don't yeah. do anything. So it yeah. doesn't matter if yeah, they're yeah. conflicted. <laughs> nothing. They don't do anything. They just yeah. sit in a box. They and don't do affect the result. The... Most of their things are done after inappropriate language Mick was actually that um, when he got the bloke out he said in in and that's not appropriate he's out (laughs) how do we mute Ross Uh, can we get a soundboard on this Mick (laughs) is there like just that'd be fucking great um, Stu put out a bit of a tweet saying dad's off his Christmas card list so he made a bit of a joke of it Uh, oh hello doesn't mean anything my dad took two and a half grand off me I fucking hit him in the head with a cricket bat but that's a bit different pounds too that's like 5,000 Australian dollars my friend don't you fucking forget it um, (laughs) so another thing which I haven't got written down but it's just remind me I read somewhere that after he got axed in that after he got dropped in that first test Big Stu actually contemplated Retirement and then came yeah. out and was man of the series and the rest yeah, of, of course the he did the series. So yeah, yeah. I can say he had like he cried and stuff. He said yeah that he was in tears and he was inconsolable and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, well, because if he if he if he because if he never got picked again, Alex, how was he going to be in that awesome painting with Jimmy Anderson? So 
<laughs> it's all bullshit. It's like when it's not people that are, up again. It's like when people are injured in the AFL Grand Final, but at the end when they've won the Grand Final, it's like oh his ribs were actually smashed in. They were so broken. Oh, or his yeah, jaw was yeah. fucked. You know, he was like, hemorrhaging blood yeah. out the eye of his oh, penis. It was that bad. Yeah. I considered, like I considered retirement. Keeper. I considered <laughs> retirement because I didn't get picked in the first test. Go fuck yourself, Stuart. <laughs> like a man. He considered not better. wearing a headband, but he went through yeah. with that. Yeah. But also, right, I think at the start of all these series, they were like, we're playing six tests in six weeks or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. They're not gonna play There's going to be rotation here. And and then to come out and say, oh, I could contemplate a retirement after I get picked in the first one. I've played every single test ever yeah. since. Yeah. Shut like, the fuck yeah. up. You're right. No, I agree like, with did, you, Alex. Did, the West Indies did Pado, in did Pado consider retirement not getting picked in the first <laughs> test? Did Stark consider retirement not getting picked in the... <sighs> It makes it sound like the Australian, uh, the English coaches and selection committee didn't have any um, kind of interaction with the team going, this is the side we're probably going to pick, just so you know, rah, rah. It's like they just rocked up on the day, went out, did the toss, come back, go, oh, yeah, Stu, you're not fucking playing, can't off you go. Like, that's not the way it works at that level. Yeah. Stu yeah. had to know I, that he was I, out of contention I, for that test a long time yeah. before he did yeah. Four days before. I can understand probably. as a proud professional and a professional athlete, like he is, obviously, yes. that he would be miffed to miss out. Oh, and also, yeah. he, he, he copped the strange rotation. Haven't played for six months, you don't play the first test. Yeah. That's a bit, yeah. you know, you fr- oh, you know yeah, that's no, a bit That's odd, a good point. You know, yeah, that's a so weird one. He, he copped a weird one that's there. That's right, because he didn't play in South Africa, did he? Mm. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. That but, um, you know, in COVID, it, it, they all had that big break for COVID. Yeah. And then it was the very first test he didn't get picked. But on the system that they had, it was just his rostered test off out of the mm. six. They're playing six tests in seven weeks. Yeah. And, and, and England had done it right. Yes, um, you know, whether you like rotation or not, this is actually the time to rotate. And the yeah. West Indies fall on them for not actually having a squad mentality with their fast bowlers. Yeah, um, that's true. Because England, they maybe they've got a bit more depth. Yeah, played Gabriel when he was cooked, you know, yeah. just, just dumb. <laughs> but but I, I, the only thing, Stu, that, you know, could have a beans bonnet was, how can you be rested out of the first test when you haven't played for four months yeah. or six yeah. months or whatever it was? Oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no one's going to play. There, Ross, no, no fast bowler's going to play all six of those tests, Agreed. in my mind. Yes, yeah. David. But even if you're omitted... Like, just fucking hit the nets and bowl better. Don't sit there and go, oh, I might fucking retire. Why? Yeah, just what? grab a couple of nurries and go off to a net. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. On your own. Go to the well, nets on your own. Yeah. That's, that's the benefit from having fucking Steve in your coaching <laughs> setup, isn't he? He would have come over and said, throw him a couple of nurries, catch these two, pal, come with me to the far net. Don't coach and anyone. Don't also, interact with anyone. Just bowl by yourself. Hmm. He also he would have had someone to sit with on the balcony if yeah, um, Tugs it. had been there. That's yeah. that stuff like, oh, Jesus, looks tough oh, out there. Good work shot. Hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, if if you're feeling a bit down, just work a bit harder. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what you oh. should do is work ten runs at a time with this chase. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Build on eBay. Tick it off in blocks yeah. of tens. Yeah. 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 Particularly that's yeah. like fucking yeah. just more. They just do it one session at a time. I reckon by four blokes who can't <laughs> fucking play the game. Dead yeah. set. He's not allowed to be pillared. Book's never pillared anyone in his life. Treasure this bloke. I reckon. We can make it through to drinks. I reckon we'll get through drinks. Then after that, we'll go yeah. through to, to the session break. We reckon, yeah. oh, I reckon yeah. we do that. Yeah. We like in the trenches when they used to make it through to drinks in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, fellas. No more shooting. We're having a water. It's 11 o'clock. It was a good game. Basically, like to make fun of. Ben Stokes will miss the remainder of the Pakistan series as he travels back home to New Zealand to be with his family. So there's no actual official story on um, what's going on, but it looks like his old man's a bit crooked, unfortunately. Ah, okay. so, wow. Oh, man. In South, Astra- in South Africa, he was Oof. rushed to hospital, apparently on the eve of the Boxing Day test last year. So um, uh, right. he's in a bit of a way, unfortunately, on Stokes' That's dad. So good, uh, good luck to him, and uh, we hope he pulls through it. But when it comes to Ben Stokes, well, he can just fuck right off. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, um, unfortunately, the need, picture he, I saw oh, of his like, old man, you know he looks like Paul Gascoigne. For an English man, really he has a geezer. lot of family in New Zealand, doesn't he? Fucking red-headed cunt. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, they missed him in the uh, first test against Pakistan. When Burns dropped an absolute fucking soda at second slip, that despite oh David Brent, hate, yeah, despite <laughs> us hating Stokes so much, he's a fucking mean, uh, slip fielder and cordon Sorry, you mean the second test? Ah, sorry, yes, yeah, I do. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up. We're good at this yeah, podcast. Trying to correct oh, you, Alex. Yes. You know, that's no, no, that's fine. Hey, hey. hey, we own cricket. Mm, All right, cricket is our biatch. And speaking of Eng- <laughs> speaking of English cricket and just talking shit. I'll turn oh, you over to goodness. Ross. He's got some anti-cricket info for us. All right. Thank you, Michael. The um, Bob Willis Trophy is alive and well. And uh, I just picked out one of the nine games from the first round to focus on because it was a little bit interesting. And I'll throw to you, Mick, because I think you've got an interesting take on this story too. Well, the double throw, the reverse throw. <laughs> yeah. This is down at Canterbury, <laughs> the home of um, Kent, which is uh, affectionately known in these circles as hard as a Kent's head. Ed. They're playing their local rival <laughs> Sussex, which are based in the uh, town of Brighton, Hove Albion, which is down on the southern coast of England. Mm. And they're, they're bitter rivals because of their uh, locale proximities. All right, so our man Phil Salt op- opened up for the Sussex um, uh, one-nighters, and uh, <laughs> they got 332, rolled four. And um, there wasn't a lot to talk about in the bowling, but our man H.W. Podmore took four for 85. He sounds like a villain out of Sherlock Holmes novel. We <laughs> <laughs> move on to Hard as a Ken's Head. In their first innings, our man DJ Bell Drummond, 43. He was um, dismissed on that. And uh, then <laughs> J.A. Cool. Leaning strode to the wicket to join Jamie Cox. He's a... Jamie yeah, Cox? And, yeah. And at that stage... It was the 27th over, and those folks, he walked out and he tapped the bat and he said, right, they're doing nothing, they're just straight, yeah, doing nothing. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I reckon we'll see it Why through the CC. <laughs> yeah. And because it's a new condition in the Bob Willis Trophy that you have to have a compulsory closure of 120 overs. And this is the 27th. So it was a brave call by my man, Jamie Cox. But um, did he deliver? Yes, like Carl Malone, he delivered. Okay, <laughs> and he's at two hundred and thirty-eight not out of three hundred and forty-five balls with just oh. a lazy twenty-seven fours and three sixes. And three. Leaning <laughs> stayed with him and just hung in there to make a, a gracious two hundred and twenty not out of um, three hundred eight <laughs> balls with twenty-nine fours but no sixes. And so they they did run up the CC, which is something you only usually see in um, park cricket. Of one for 530. The CC That's a glorious would normally be seen in first-class cricket. By let the, me see uh, the MCC. FCC. Yeah, FCC won't let me be in first-class cricket, <laughs> FCC. Yep. At the glorious well, run rate of 4.5 like 
four one runs per over, which would have been great if there were any spectators there, but they weren't because it's COVID. So seven bowlers were used, um, including a glorious spell of 18 overs and under 73 by DMW Rawlins. Uh, Sussex second innings was uh, got up to a good start when our man Phil Salt made a duck and uh, HZ Finch made 66. And so they were rolled for 173. The bloke who did all the damage was 44-year-old Darren Stevens, 5 for 50. Right. Darren now, Stevens. I have never heard of this bloke before. I think had a, I have. You had a yeah. I was going to say he looks like the bloke off Bewitched. Yeah. What well, Darren <laughs> Stevens was the name of the bloke in Bewitched. Yeah. I, who's the Who's the uh, bloke out of Human Nature? Darren. Ah, uh, yeah. He's a Stevens. Yeah. Is he Dom? Dar- or Darren Stevens. I think he's Darren Stevens. Mm. Well, look this up. I think you're right. Um, I've never heard of him before. He's played 305 first-class games. He's taken 525 wickets and average of 25. That was his 27th five-wicket haul. Um, 27th? Yeah, a 44-year-old playing. But I thought maybe because it's COVID and they can't get all the Saffers in to play as Colpacks that they've had to go back to some locals. But then I looked up his recent record and he's played... He played all their games in 2019. <laughs> Just one of those county blokes keeps going around and around because they have 47 fucking turnings. <clears throat> yeah, bowls yeah. military mediums and moves them exactly half a bat width yeah. and just nicks off half a million yeah, they did, if, they, if he was in Australia yeah. and they didn't have the Duke, he'd be playing fucking C grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing was, <laughs> yeah. not, only, not only did I, I... I looked him up. Not only is he, like, opening bowling, took Pfeiffer... He was listed at six in the batting order. Oh, <laughs> true all round. Gotta have an all rounder, Ross. Gotta yeah. have an all rounder. Oh. <sighs> right. Uh, he played six. Is his sixteenth season, season for Kent? He's already he already played seven or eight for Leicester before he even got to Kent. Just un- unfathomable. Does not happen as hard in Australian as the cricket. Head. Yeah, anyway, that is true. So, that does not happen in Australia. So no, it does not. You're lucky if you get to thirty-four. I'm um, pretty sure yeah, I said human nature mm-hmm. for Darren, Darren Stevens. Stevens. It's yes. Darren Hayes, and it's not oh. human nature. It's oh, Savage, Savage Garden. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Affirmation. I believe in fairy wings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and, so my story out of this county game was the young bloke who made 238. He's a young ginger teenage cunt. He... Um, was so proud of his work, he jumped the fence and a couple of people in the crowd and took a photo with him. So now he has to have a COVID test and he's in quarantine and we'll miss the next fucking game. Is that what he did? He literally jumped the fence. Apparently apparently there were some some people there that wanted a photo or something and he jumped the fence (laughs) to do a photo with them. Now, Mick, I I find that interesting because I was reading on the BBC website before the... um, I'm not doubting your story, but before the Bobby was kicked off, it had yeah. a couple of practice matches at the Oval and somewhere else, and they'd let you know crowds in like you know a thousand in a yeah. fifteen thousand seat stadium and make them spread out. And then Boris said, "No, nah, no crowds at County Cricket." So well, maybe it was playing... outside the ground or something. But I just read on Twitter yeah, okay. that he, got, he took yeah. a photo with some fans. I just made up the yeah, yeah. fans because it makes the story better. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. But he took a photo with some fans and now has to be tested and quarantined until they can prove he can go back into the County Cricket bubble. So in the bubble. Well, I throw this out to our UK correspondents to get in touch with because they actually will, unlike our Australian correspondents. <laughs> Do we have any? No, we don't. 
But yes, our UK correspondents will be all over this sort of uh, palava and will um, no doubt drop us a line to let us know. All righty. Thanks for that, Ross. It's a very interesting game of uh, county cricket, cricket where you win mm. by basically outright aside and lose one wicket. So it's a fucking pretty good effort. Yeah. Mm. Um, so... We'll move on to the first test, which is currently um, actually, no, it's wrapped up because the second test is currently ongoing. So it's the first test. It was uh, at Old Trafford in Manchester. So as we mentioned, basically everything for England cricket at the moment is going to be at the Rose Bowl and at Old Trafford because they both have hotels on site. So therefore, you can effectively make the entire ground and facility a lockdown bubble COVID zone. So that is why they will be having all the cricket there is to have until uh, such time changes. Um, so Pakistan won the toss and as Ali turned to the pavilion, Shadow batted a forward defence and indicated they love the bat. <laughs> At Pakistan, it was a little bit of a stop-start innings, um, but their opener, Shan Musad, played the anchor role and he's dragging out his innings as long as possible. So he made 156 runs off 319 balls across 417 minutes. So for those of you quick. playing at home, that is almost eight hours. So, um, and he went at a strike rate of 48.90. So you know he's really carving the part. So um, <laughs> the word is that Jeffrey Boy got jizzed in his pants and then said something racist. Well, you know, because, well, he's old and he's white, and that's what you do. So yeah. So, um, young gun uh, Baba Azam made dinner for two sixty nine. And Shadab Khan got himself forty five. I was very, I was very good. To, I was very happy to see Baba Azam get himself a half century. So I've read numerously across all social media from a number of uh, Indian fans of cricket that Baba Azam would not make a single run in the entire series because he's a flat track bully. Uh, and he walked out and made sixty nine his very first big chomp chomp. Yes, Roscoe. How much do you love Dennis Does Cricket's take on all this Pakistan stuff? Oh, I've given up on fucking that. <laughs> Same here, actually. Oh. I haven't seen a word out of it. I used to follow him just to get angry, and I got over that. So I said, <laughs> <laughs> Can I just... Yeah, go on. And sometimes I, I flick onto the podcast, and, yeah, I, I shake my head. Continue. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Dan Breddick's my new I follow on Twitter to get angry at. He's a uh, um, you can tell you're going to get angry at him because he updated his profile picture all the time. Uh, and he, so he's updated it with your mask on. Yeah, you just know on. you're a wanker because <laughs> yeah. you update your profile picture like every second month. Wanker. He's from Adelaide, so he loves the crows and he barks on about yeah. him because of fuck. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Pakistan, <laughs> yes, Gin. I just wanted to um, jump onto the uh, Babara's um, appreciation mm. um, page because it, I watched a bit of that innings and just some great shots, a lot of control. Um, one of those guys that'll just get himself out, I think, in my opinion. He's um he's young in the game, but his numbers are extremely impressive. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, just the, the assurance and the crease too. Being in England, I'm not. Has he played in England before in Test cricket? Uh, I'm not I don't sure think so. He hasn't has. played that many Tests. So yeah, I don't think yeah. He has. yeah. So, uh, so the sorry, continue. That's right. So the Pakistanis finished up three hundred twenty-six all out. Pick of the English bowling was Beast Stew Broad, who took three for fifty-four. Joffre, I invented COVID Archer, took three for 59. So, um, he invented mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> the English <laughs> innings started off extremely well. 
if you're Pakistani, that is, as they fell three for 12. Yeah. So um, when Muhammad Abi skittled, skittled, I should say, Ben Stokes for a duck, when Stokes tried to channel his inner Matt Hayden and walk down the pitch. Yeah. Now, according Weird to English hit. commentary, that straight one from Abbas was a very special ball. Yeah. Because it dismissed yeah. the greatest English all-rounder who has a batting average of 37.84. Oh, New Zealand legend. New yeah. Zealand legend. He's, he's, got, he's fucking true New Zealand. He won't get his average above 40 in honour of his New Zealand heritage. So good on him. Maybe that's why he's gone back. So he can... Yeah. Mm, Kia ora to that, Maybe they're putting him in the Hall mm. of Fame while he's there. So, yeah. Come at mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, England made a little bit of a comeback uh, with uh, Ollie, don't call me Lloyd Pope, making 62. Yeah. And Josh, you're missing the hate Butler, registering 38. Um, so... Pakistan bowling was led by Yassir Shah, who took four for 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pakistan came out to... Yes, Ross? Sorry, and not only is Joss Butler missing the H, he's also got one too many T's in Butler. Sorry. Mm. Mm. trend. Mm. <laughs> Disturbing development. <laughs> so mm. Pakistan came out to bat in the second Very inning, looking, looking to build on their 107-run lead. Unfortunately for Shan, Masood and Pakistan, he learned that cricket is a cruel mistress. Being dismissed for an 11 ball duck. So, all I can say is don't worry, Sean. It takes a very special human being to make three tons and six bats. Uh, Sean wasn't alone <laughs> in his failure. Oh, fuck it out. Jesus. Sean wasn't alone. I'd actually look it up to see how many bats it was so I could make that I joke had to actually. Well. I was forced to look it up. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was five bats. I was going to give myself a little bit better than it was. Uh, <laughs> If batter only made 58 for those playing at home. Um, so, Sean wasn't alone in his failure with not one Pakistani batsman passing 35 as they were dismissed for 169. So, yes. Big Stu was once again the pick of the bombs, taking three for 37. So, England would require 277 runs for victory. Azhar Ali pulled the Pakistan team in and said, let's go out and win. And if there's one thing we've learned on this podcast, it is if you don't say we've got them and they've got to get them, you will lose. So as Ali, like Ben Stokes in the first test against the Windies, showing that he's just not captaincy material. Uh, England started off well, (laughs) getting Roy Burns out before he chewed up too many overs. And it was Dom, Ernie Sibley and Joe Square Root put together a good partnership to help... Ernie Sibley, Mick. Ding Dom, Denise Drysdale. They opened the batting. Ernie Sibley and Denise Drysdale. I think yeah. either one of Denise's um, could probably... No, come on. Anyway. Right. so But it was the last <clears throat> Sibley, Root, Stokes and Pope for only 31 runs across 10 overs that filled the Pakistan dressing room with hope. But it was the unlikely pairing of Josh the Maid Butler and Chris Waterjoke Wokes who put on 139 runs for the sixth wicket before Butler was dismissed at 75. Wokes will go on to bring the victory home, making 84 not out and being named man of the match. So well done to Chris Wokes there because his bowling fucker wasn't getting him man of the match. That's bad. Um, so Yassi Shah picked up another four wickets as he came just one run short. Of taking a ginfo, we picked up four for 99. <laughs> one run and one wicket. Um, I know they lost, but I don't. I know they lost, but fuck me. Sh- 
Shah Masood's a bit stiff not to get 159. I know they fucked him off. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. the match. Can I just jump in there, Mick? Uh, interesting. Chris Wokes, I thought, you know, they played a risk. Sorry, Alex, I'll cut you off. Uh, you, you should as be. As you went to interrupt me. Yeah, yeah you David should be, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. And um, so England have gone with that squad mentality, as I said. So that include playing five bowlers in a number of test matches. Including this one where Wokes was at seven, I said, "Oh, there's no chance. Wokes at seven, no good." But he obviously proved me wrong. However, the most interesting thing I took out of uh, Wokes was when he was bowling, he was wearing a, a um, not a headband, what we call a hairband, uh, like the, the little piece of wire that sort of oh, sits and you pull it back like that. Like, yeah, like, like, like soccer player, schoolgirls use yeah. tiara. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, that's a, yes, it's like a black piece of wire that you pull yeah. back in your hair like that. And he had it like that. You look like an Italian mm. soccer player, like um, Perlo or someone like that, Nick. Mm. Don't know who that yeah, is, yeah. but I, yes, I 100% uh, agree. Paolo Maldini style, I'd say. Mm. Yes, Alex. Oh, left Thanks, back Mick. been to Milan sorry, for 25 years. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting, Ross. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's very good. You're forgiven, but not forgotten. I'll come so- and put a in the bed later. Mm. So, what I was, what I was going to say is something similar <laughs> that, like, you know, it's one of those annoying tests where England end up winning despite being in, like, the world's worst position at home. Yeah. They always seem to do it at home where they're like, they're definitely going to lose. They're going to lose the home series, you know, this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And, and they come yeah, out yeah. win with some weird-ass, like, Butler scorer runs for the first time in his entire test career and, and Wokes for some reason being mm. good. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, just, yeah despite, as you On, said, Ross, right. having five three of that test. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But on day three of that test, that there, I read about three articles saying how um, they should bring folks back in because mm-hmm. Butler dropped a catch and yep. he's not making it. And they put the numbers up about how many runs he's made in the last yeah, years yeah, is yeah. nothing. And then he comes out and wins a test match where he made yeah, 75. Exactly. And they'll and win the Wokes fucking series. 80, yeah, 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 of course, you win the first test, you win the series. Um, Wokes making Cindy's 80, whatever. when was the last time he made more than, say, 35? Yeah, exactly, I, I don't know, working but, weekend. Yeah. I'm walking yeah. at seven, like two spots too high at seven, but yeah. prove you wrong. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. a and frustrating typical... thing that is English cricket. But yeah. England for, for in a... England. Not yeah, England, England yeah. in England. They play out of their skins. Yes, the conditions, there's no other country in the world that has conditions even similar. New Zealand, perhaps a tiny yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. No one plays against They're not a power, so no one really but, cares. But, but... The yeah. big thing is, like, I read someone made a comment on Twitter, so I'm not going to pretend it's my original thought, but I read this and it makes a really good point is that if you took the Dukes ball out of England with that much rain in those conditions, the cunts would never finish a test match. So I think the Dukes ball mm. is very bowling friendly, helps them because they are heavy bowling side. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So. I think I said that in the group chat, didn't I? Sorry, Al. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. You may have. I stole should, it from someone else you, as well. Yeah, you David, really, I believe his you, name was. If you have a chance. David to, on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Alex, sorry, I keep cutting if, you off. If what? you have a chance to um, big up yourself, Bull, especially in this podcast, I would take it. So don't you know, no need to apologise, my friend. Okay. So, yeah, but I was, I was thinking about this during the week that uh, England always seems to be in these periods of like struggle when they win a test, but they also seem to lose tests at home a lot. But yes. it, you don't sort of notice that in recent times, maybe Australia's a bit different. But when Australia are at home, they never seem to be down and out in a test and then win it at home. Yeah. They would just oh. fucking brain it from start yes. to finish. There's never yeah. like, oh, we're, yeah. we're down by 150 runs in the first innings and then somehow at the end, 
fucking right. Nathan Lyons scores 78 yeah. and he was yeah, someone right. and we win the test. It was always like we're above by 200 runs through from day one. You know? Yeah, we just pole-axed the team mm. from start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. weird how English cricket yeah. is and they seem to have these guys that do that, like talismans, like... Mercurial Stokes, players. Stokes and stuff, yeah. And then just, you know, mm. like... Um, Oh, a million very ashes true. ago with uh, Monty Panesar batting for a day and a half or whatever yeah. it was mm. to save a test. That sort of shit happens a lot in England. Mm. I've got a question yeah. for you, like you boys. I've got the cricket on whilst recording this. Um, rain delayed, it, right? Would it surprise you to learn that there's a rain delay? Oh, no. sorry, mate. <laughs> Probably not because you held your phone up to the screen like 15 minutes ago with the covers on. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Alex, no, that, was a, that was a really good point. You're right. When Australia play test matches in Australia, there's just no point staying up all night to watch them if, if that was the time zone crossover. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. You just pass. bully them from start to finish. Yeah. If Australia's we lose, we're fucking good. Oh, oh, yeah. If we lose, <laughs> it, it's just so clear cut, yes. you know. We either dominate and win it, or it's high scoring and a draw. Yeah. Or one other, the other team dominates. Or day one, no, we've, we've lost it in day one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The test is lost in a day. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you're right, tests in England have much better value because it, I don't know if it's the teams or the venues or whatever, but it does yeah, tend to go pitch, like, sure. oh, it could go either way or the pitch or whatever. Yeah, yeah it could go either way. Yes, David. Yes, David. Can, can I just disagree with Ross on a point there, Michael, in the fact that. You cricket is better value in England because you only get half of the test. So oh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's better value, but you are right though. If you get bowled out for a mm. hundred in the first two sessions in Australia, you're never winning that game. No. Whereas yeah. you can well, just pack up yeah. the whole test and go to the next venue. You can get bowled out yeah. for 90 in England on the first day and still somehow win because you yeah. might roll the team for 130, yeah. then come out and make 300. It's not, it's not yeah. done here. Yeah. Because it right. was cloudy on the first day and it was sunny on day three and stuff like yeah. that. It makes a big difference. In Australia, yeah. It doesn't really matter. And All good points and much, well made. So from there we'll Thank move you, on. So um, so as we as we mentioned, the second test started um, yesterday. The packies were batting, but there's a few rain delays and things like Packers that. Packers started, so, you mean, Mick? Yeah, I know. You're not meant to call them packies. We're across so, countries so, in this podcast. So Pakistan are uh, batting. We will say so, in uh, Australia it doesn't have the same racial connotation, yeah, but probably um, everywhere else in the world it does. Yeah. Thanks for Thanks for pointing it out, Alex, no, and making it way it. worse than it could have been. We could have just, like, cruised past Yeah, that's it. a good, yeah, right. a, a good um, point. So, yeah. from there, Roscoe, you've got a bit of a flashback you want to talk about. I back, do. Back, you want to take us yeah. back a few years to 1992. Yeah. I do. Um, uh, yeah. One of our loyal listeners, Chris Henstock, has got in, got in touch with us via Twitter and pointed out some very interesting stuff that he found when he went down a rabbit hole back to 1992. Okay. Right. And this is about county cricket. So I, I just love how this was written in, in fact, Tuesday 11th of August, 1992. So almost exactly how many years ago that was to the day. And, but it could be about now because just listen to what he says. The old notion of county cricket being a sport of pints and camaraderie seems to be experiencing a slow death. Never mind that the game is now far more hotly contested than it was even 10 years ago. But the general off-field fraternity between teams is declining. This is partly due to the fact that although breweries sponsor about half the counties, their products are rejected by today's younger professionals in favour of soft drink. <laughs> Hard-hitting. This, is, this, right, this used to be called the hammer, this, <laughs> this article, weekly article, because they're so hard-hitting. Yeah. Players like Mark Ramprakash, Nasser oh. Hussain, Chris Lewis, 
from West Coast. Yeah, I love wow. Pistolas. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, he bit the guy. Yeah. Bit Tingo, yeah. wasn't it, from oh, Melbourne? Yeah. And then he bites um, Paul Salmon because it was all about fish fingers or something. Wasn't it like that? Oh, Anyway, he bit right. someone. Chris Lewis, quick aside about Chris Lewis, went on the 1990 Tour of the Caribbean with England, shaved his head, went out in the tour match, didn't wear a hat. He's, he's, um, he's from the Caribbean. Like, so he's um, Got it. Caribbean, English Caribbean, like Joffrey. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Right, yeah, sorry. I was trying to get the right words. Um, yeah. Shaved his head. He had, you know, not like a number one, but actually got rid of it all and then went out and played in this tour match, didn't wear a hat, Jesus. got sunstroke and couldn't play in the first test. <laughs> that That's yeah, speaking <laughs> English mentality. Yeah. Go to a sunny I lived country. In England too long. Thought that was okay. That's how he proved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right of passage, his... I think. Yeah, yeah. The test yeah. Side, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I can't get as red as a lobster, so I'll do this instead. <laughs> he then made a comeback at 47 years of age. I think when I was living in England, which is about 2007 or something like that, made a comeback uh, as a 47-year-old. But um, he played a few games for uh, Surrey, I think, uh, in T20 cricket. But then he's going to play again the next year. But then he got done, and I think he's still in prison for um, importing drugs. He got a big sentence. Oh, did you memory. speak about this in your 11? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, yeah. before. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Lewis, this, yeah, this reminds me of something we should have mentioned about the second test, and that's Fawad Alam's not test debut, but return to the test. Side. Yeah, we'll After... probably mention that when we do the wrap of the test next episode. Yeah, in a fortnight. Can save that for a fortnight. Jeez. <laughs> It'll be current then. It's not current yeah, now. Not current now. It's, oh, it's yeah. news now. We want old news in a fortnight. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Well, that's our style, isn't it? Always that a week and a half style. behind. Yeah. Hey, we got we got um David listening to this from four years ago, getting up to speed with all the news. (laughs) Don't worry if it's two weeks late. Come on. All right. No worries. I won't miss it. Continue, Ross. Continue. Uh, Pray continue. Nothing happened with Fawad Alarm yet. No. He twirled his moustache a little bit, I think, which gave a little bit of extra curl. Are you going to finish your 1992 story? No. I'm going to go back a paragraph. For your insolence, Mick. And who's going to punish you for your insolence as a former host? Yeah, roll up a wet newspaper and go flap, flap, flap. Okay. Uh, Players like Mark Ramprakash, Nasser Hussain, Chris Lewis, the aforementioned, and Jack Russell are confirmed uh, Coca-Cola addicts. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's like a drug Mm. or something. I think they were Coke addicts, perhaps, but I don't know if they were Coca-Cola addicts. I think he was worried they weren't drinking the Allegedly. Jesus. Allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, they weren't drinking the sponsors' product. I said I think they were. I don't know. They're too busy being cut off by Alex and too busy having nose beers in the toilets. Okay. (laughs) Creating the potential for rotten teeth rather than stomachs. And I decided to chew the cut over a few jars. This is great lingo. A few jars yeah. in the club tavern. Oh, now, I went tavern? to a club tavern. Oh. They are gold in the United Kingdom and England. Yeah. I didn't go to one in the UK. I went to one in Ireland. Absolute gold. It was a rugby club. That's where I played football there, AFL in Ireland. Okay. Weird. Club tavern. Absolute gold. Hard to explain. Don't have them in Australia. Fantastic. It's a bar. Are they like leagues but, but clubs? It's, it's, no, no, no okay. not a leagues club. Good. Not, not like shit. the Roosters where it's about cricket. No, it's just it's just like um, it's like a craft beer type A mouldy smelling bar a with some taps. Yeah, yeah oh. no, not yeah, just, just 
Just Someone better. played them with a leaking the ceiling. Were there no, fiddles, Ross? No, no, not that shit. Not quite like that. But just a, a little damp bit better. Patch in than, the corner it smells real musky. They're not selling snowy river pies, for example. Yeah, you know? okay. It's well, just a that's bit offensive. Different. That's why. Yeah, that's why they're not there. <laughs> and it's not boring and shit and you're the only one there, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah go, like West Island. It's just a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, right Bluestone Bar, don't get me wrong, Bluestone Bar would have been in the right spot, but it was just a bit different. Like the bloke yep. behind the jumps in a suit and stuff like that. That's ah, yeah. And I, the I ceilings are a important. touch lower, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. something about it. A anyway. big hearth in the corner, mate. Yes, things yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like the idea of like a, a tav, it was actually a tavern. It wasn't just, oh, here's the change rooms and then we put, you know, a, a, yeah. a little wall here and you yeah, sell beers across yeah. the wall. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right. Uh, so the desire to chew the cl- cut over a few jars in the club tavern tends to be replaced by the lure of a cruise round loud, garish high street bars. No doubt looking for where they could get hold of the next caffeinated. Um, oh, beverage. How dare they? Oh, disgusting. Is it? Hang on. Is it like the first time there was coke in the UK was nineteen ninety two? Like it's like caffeinated. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I must get the right words there. What do they call them in the UK? Sodas. Oh, fizzy drinks. Pop. Sodas. I can't pop. remember. Pop. No, Can they don't pop. They got another name from. Can't remember. Anyway, okay. the exception to this rule is Yorkshire, whose earthy humour is very much intact, and who have weaned the Indian boy wonder Sachin Tendulkar off milk and an, and onto a strange mixture. So they take Sachin off milk at the bar and onto a strange mixture of Bailey's Irish cream topped up with Tia Maria. There you go. I think That's that why he stopped prob- growing, mate. They took him off the milk too fucking early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would probably taste there. okay. I think that yeah. would be okay. Bailey's better than what tea. I've been drinking, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The multi-talented Tenduka, able to throw powerfully on either arm and bowl leg spin and off spin, as well as swingers, has no trouble fitting into the Yorkshire side or understanding their jokes because they called him Steve <laughs> and has played a leading role in each of their three championship victories. He is much in demand due to appear in both semi-finals of the flooded Flamingo Land Trophy at Sheffield's Don Valley Stadium one night for his country against Durham, the other night for India against Durham. Doesn't make any sense, whatever the fuck that's about. Anyway, right. yeah, I just thought you'd like to know that that's what was happening in English County Cricket then. And now a second part, just to prove that cool. fans of cricket from India didn't wait for social media to be weird. Uh-huh. No other cricketer apart from Ian Botham walks across the Lord's Outfield in shorts, has a three-day ho- holiday in the Channel Islands in the middle of August, or receives countless letters from far-flung places addressed merely, Ian Botham, Care of England, CCC. <laughs> One from Moni, Mr. Tony Kanapanathiam of Cochin, India, read, Dear Mr. Botham, we all love the way you danced after taking a wicket in the World Cup 1992. This letter is to ask you if you'd be interested in importing cashew nuts from factories here. You could even start a shop. <laughs> <laughs> Cashew is right. nice. Just one specific yeah. nut. Don't bring I like how that ties things. into his dancing because it's cashews and dancing. Like that's what I think of. Two uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Dance the night away hand with hand some hand cashews. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, used to, what I used to hit up the tiles and dance away in a 
various anyway. clubs in Melbourne that I can't remember the names of right now. Oh, what a story. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Dirty Stick in Tankerville and the Harper oh, Aaron Hotel, yeah, which I used tank. to dance in First many floor. a time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, always yeah, finished the yeah. dance floor, sweaty as fuck. I keep bowl of cashews. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, <laughs> Go on. You get on the dance floor at the Great Northern with fucking just shoveling in fucking gadgets. Answers oh, like right. me last week on the potty just shoving them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might think, who wrote that tripe back in 1992? And oh, I'll give you the George answer. George DeBell? It wasn't you, <laughs> Ross, because you would have been about nine. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same age as us, probably. Um, <laughs> this was a guy who was playing county cricket at the time. It was the analyst, the bloke who said, um, Australia, oh, welcome yes. back in. Um, What's his name? Australia, welcome back in. Um, Sean Abbott, the bloke who killed... Phil oh, Hughes, this right, is yeah. Simon Hughes, the analyst of Sky Sports. I think he doesn't have a job anymore, not because of what he said, but just they have been moved on. Yeah, it was just it's just a bad he was trying to like give reference to who this yes. guy was. Yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. Bad, bad choice. I don't have an issue yeah. with him. He's fine. Um, so he said he was um, Simon Hughes, he's played for he's playing for Dunham at the time, like, and he he typed up that column as he was due in next to face White Lightning Alan Donald. Wow, really? Really? Yeah. that'll calm the nerves. Mm. Talking yeah. shit about cashews. So no one, no wonder <laughs> it was shit. Yeah, collar and pretend <laughs> cashews. <laughs> but thank yeah. you, Chris Henstock, for that yes. noble contribution. I'm glad yeah. I saw that on Twitter. He At went to a hole so that we didn't have to. So yes. I put the challenge out there to all listeners and we all often get a whole lot of feedback. Fucking finger out is what we're <laughs> <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> when I throw the challenge out to our listeners, I often get a whole lot of feedback, as you would know, Alex. Yeah, yeah. you do. So you I throw the, the challenge street. out to our listeners. I, I, I say to our listeners, I throw the challenge out to our listeners. <laughs> what do you do? I, I say to our listeners, I say, do go down a rabbit challenge hole. Or throw it? Yeah, and I say, <laughs> take up the cudgels, take up the challenge. Yeah. And I the say, batons, if you will. The batons, yeah, the, yeah. the cutlets, the, the, the corsaire, whatever you want to call the them. Portland I say, take TD, those up. Portland yeah, TD I, batons. <laughs> yeah, and I say, <laughs> I say, give us a link to it. Mm, wherever you go, oh, yeah. give us a link. Something good. So we can read it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so that our podcast may go for more than one hour. Because that's important for some reason. Because mm, not the Herald Sun. We don't do twenty-minute podcasts. No, mm. we do one-hour podcasts and hopefully more. Mm. <sighs> Alrighty. So thanks for that, Ross. <laughs> and I blame you. Well played, Bull. That's going to get the listeners back. That was good. No, I thought that was good. That was actually good. Back. They never left. All righty, so... Um, they never came, they never left. They're still here. <laughs> yeah, so I think that'll do us. We're a little bit over the one hour mark, so... Oh, the, uh... Before we do, Mick, yeah. I, I do have one thing before you... Um, before yeah, you're you right. I was going to say, I'll save my quiz for next episode. And then yeah. Oh, yes, quiz yes, sizzle, Mick. Yes, Bull. Because you, this is something that has reverberated around the cricketing world, I would say. Um, and I don't think it's been given enough coverage. So... It's it's an issue that we need to discuss on this podcast, and if we need to go five or ten minutes over, we will. Um, because Welcome. this is something. Fuck those SoundCloud to... assholes. That's yeah. it. Go ten yeah. minutes over. See if they this care. I don't something, care. Something that we need to bring up and talk about as a collective, as not just four of us, the whole cricketing world. And I, of course, refer to 
the fucking my cricket privacy settings. Oh, <laughs> oh the coward setting. The oh, coward man. setting on my cricket. The yellow belly piss weak setting. Mm. I, I was laying in bed the other night and I, I woke in a cold sweat, just Did thinking, you? imagining a teammate of mine blocking himself on my cricket. How would I respond to that? What would Kicking I do as a captain team. and the coach of a club? How could I respond to that? Signing clearance in my ranks. One yes. way, gone. Ostracisation. Ostrac- oh, Ostracisation is that the word? No, what it is now. Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, you've got a bubble within yep. your side. And you just, they can't look at anyone else. They can't drink at the bar. They have to come play cricket, not look at anyone, and yep. leave. It's a tent. You got to piss in or piss out. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether we want to have two weeks to think about this and, and give our thoughts on it next time, or whether you just want to nah. fly off the handle now, Mick. Oh, it's Ross. You go. Oh, they've got to share with their shorts on. Surely they're going to be like that. Oh, as yeah. they're already doing that. Yeah. Bring tin cans for Smoko. <laughs> yeah. uh, a whole watermelon, not <laughs> cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck! It just plonked on the table, so it bruises half of it. Yeah. Push, push, and lettuce salad. Thanks. Oh, good salad. What are you? <laughs> what are you hiding? I don't understand what exactly. you're hiding by a. Showering and Italia. Oh, no, you're talking about my cricket. The inside of the watermelon. Oh, my cricket. Sorry. Okay, right. It's just like like I said, it's a coward setting. Like, reality is, is if you have such a poor cricket history that there's not one highlight in your fucking my cricket, you shouldn't be playing anyway, cunt. Just fucking give it up. Don't Only nine ducks playing. in a row. If you can't take a fucking five, if you can't make it fifty, if you can't make a ton, <laughs> then you're wasting everyone's fucking time anyway. Fuck off. Take your coward setting and just <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, that's it. This yes, will spell. Sorry. Now, now, you know, I'm the. Yes, Elliot. I'm a bit more of the sort of softer side of the podcast. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a juxtaposition against you hard, you know. So you're the closest to the cowards is what you say. You know. <laughs> um, but what I will say is to the to the people, I'm just putting out a, a public service announcement, to the people who are thinking about turning the coward, yellow belly, low dog, just pathetic, pathetic, terrible... I, I can't even think of superlatives for this. Cut him anyway, off, Mick. Cut him off. To those people... What I do I say is, two hours, there is literally 5% of people in my cricket in Australia, which, by the way, for our overseas listeners, is statistics paid for local cricketers. You can go on and up. check your stats. There is literally 5% of people that have good stats on there. No one has good stats on my cricket. You're not no. alone. Yeah. You know, you're not Robinson Caruso there with a batting average of fucking eight and a bowling average of five hundred and ten or whatever. You know, it's every it's been done before. It's okay. You're amongst friends. Just show it to the world and unleash We're all yourself. Fucking failures in life and you're cricket. Absolutely, when you play local cricket, you're probably a failure. You're a fucking <laughs> loser. We just deal with it. percent chance of being a failure at local cricket. You really are. Not like, even a failure. Of- a fucking loser, which we all are. <laughs> Own it and just go. Yep, I'm a fucking loser, but I like to have a beer at the end of the day. 
So therefore, I'll continue to ply my trade played shit fucking cricket. Who's going to look up your stats anyway? Who gives but a people shit? Don't know. Everyone does, Ross. People look up everyone's stats, but everyone's shit. It's fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Like it's... So there's no reference point. Everyone's mm. a fucking loser. But not fucking Steve Smith averaging fucking 60 and Glenn McGrath averaging fucking 19 with a ball. It doesn't happen in yeah. local cricket. It just doesn't happen. If you average 20, you're probably a fucking superstar. So relax. stats... You're a fucking coward, cowardice of the highest order, and you should take a long walk off a short fucking pier because you're a dead set fucking coward. I, I, I agree with those sentiments. Over to you, Mick. No, I don't think anyone could have said it better than that, but Ginois also had put his two cents on some bulls. I did not apologise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the so synergy. <laughs> from there, we'll shut the podcast off. So, uh, <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Frederick Howard <laughs> Socks. Kiss off some yes. socks. I'll plant a tree. They'll do all the good things they, that we tell you they're going to do all the time. So if I can get amongst good that. On them. Yes, Ross, do you have a final thought? Yep. <laughs> final thought. Just a <laughs> shout-out. I'm not going to mention names, and please don't, because uh, this person is doing it honestly. But they sent us a link, and this is um, one of our loyal listeners. Uh, they're doing their own podcast, and I, I always love the idea of doing a podcast, so I thought I'd give them a big shout-out right at the end of the show. It's called History Homos. Now, that's not a non-PC name, and the podcast non-PC, so you might like it. Now, it's not my name, but that's the name they've chosen, yep. so History Homos it is. It's on wherever you get your podcast. I loved it. I listened to uh, episode five about a bloke called Randy Savage. Absolutely fantastic really in-depth look at moments in history and very varied too. War of 1812 was another one to listen to. This one was from 1992. If you're interested in hearing about people who talk a lot about an, a subject they're really passionate about, give it a try because yeah, uh, I really enjoyed one, it. Join their one. Yeah, join that one too. You yeah. might want to supplement that in the off weeks when we aren't broadcasting or uh, podcasting. Good. Mm. Good. Alrighty, good bit of advice there. Head over and give those boys a listen. They are on. They're definitely on the Apple Podcast one because that's where I've got it subscribed on my one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get amongst them. Uh, give us a five star review. Find us on Grinder, Tinder, Instagram, yeah. Twitter. Just do something, cunts. Just do something. <laughs> go, go have a shit on the toilet. Just do something. Yeah. I don't care. Wipe your ass Whatever. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's enough for us. See you later. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.